The beginning of our second season found us waiting in a very unique mechanic shop. Our time machine, which we acquired at the end of season one, had only enough juice for one more trip. Fortunately, the guy we bought it from knew just how to use that one last trip, and he had directed us to the Syrinx Auto Shop in the year 2112. Yeah, I tell you what, you boys were lucky you made it in one piece. This here funkified time wagon's more beat up than, well, it's more beat up than your average claptrap. More beat up than, well, half the shit I got here in this shop. Anyway, I'm surprised you were able to make it out of the 21st century. The shop was littered with various ships, automobiles, and bizarre technological accoutrement. Broken warp nacelles were stacked haphazardly against the wall, vehicles ranging from flying saucers to telephone booths, and even a partially disassembled TSA chameleon jumpsuit filled the huge garage. Everywhere we looked, thick gray pipes and tubes crisscrossed the way, and all of the light in the garage had a faint green glow to it. The mechanic had taken one look at our beat-up and currently useless time machine, and asked what kind of currency we had, because it would probably cost us most of it. We were able to negotiate the price down to the rest of our arcade tokens from Flavortown, seven gold coins from Skyrim, and one bag of cereal. That stuff is worth a lot nowadays. I tell you what, you just can't find cereal in 2112. I mean, you can, but it's pretty chewed. We had been waiting for what seemed like days in the shop's waiting room, but the coffee was decent and the couches were comfortable. We were having difficulty finding stories to research for our next season, so instead we just flipped through the television channels. The absence of speed in local speedy characters has- While many speedsters have slowed down in recent months, it becomes clear- Sonic the Hedgehog? Yeah. No, he married the no, slot! No, 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 he, no, no, he did! He married- Still remains at large. Toad is known to be armed and dangerous. Without the Flash. Right, right. Yeah, because he's unable to provide hope. Right, but it's not because- Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not arguing. I don't know, man. I don't know where we're gonna find the next story. There's not much happening here in the 22nd century. Nah, I'm sure we'll find something. <sighs> I hope you're right. Hey, listen, I've been meaning to ask, how much do you trust this mechanic? He's been tinkering around for days. How much longer are we going to be here? What's the rush, man? It's a time machine. I mean, once it's fixed, we can go anywhere or any when. Yeah, if it ever gets fixed. I hate to break up your little intellectual debate here, but I, I wanted to give you guys an update on the vehicle. A couple of here busted parts I need to tell you about, and a few things I, I don't really recognize, like, um, um... What? What was it, the polymodular chrono-regulator? Maybe the, uh, multispectral intake manifold? See, look, man, I told you this redneck doesn't know anything about time machines, and you said he was quality. Look here, Sonny! I've forgotten more about polymodular chrono-regulator quantum flangers than you'll ever know, so you can settle right down. Now, the fifth-dimensional transfoils were a real pain in the rear. I was able to repurpose some Pluto-cadmium from this old jumpsuit that I had for parts, and I had just enough dilithium left over so you don't have to rebuild the entire matter-antimatter relay, so that'll save you a pretty penny. But the issue is that where you'd normally have some capacitor or time circuit of some kind, there's nothing here. Looks like whatever you had is burnt out for the last, oh, wide, I don't know, 12 parsecs. So what, you, you can't fix it? It looks like you have plenty of gadgetry around here, I mean... I'm pretty sure that's the THE hot tub time machine, and um, over there you have a phone booth. Uh, it looks like you could uh, maybe pull some of the time circuits off of that. There's even the Stargate. Like, I'm sure you can pull some parts from that. Is that what that was? It was, I know. It's, huh. it, that, that is not a Stargate. That point is, it don't work. Look, it, it, it ain't that easy, boys. With the kind of flux you've got in the main time circuits of this car, it's completely shot. 
Like I said, I'm surprised you were even able to make it out of your sentry, let alone land this thing at a single point without any temporal drift. Like, y'all could have wound up with your pelvis back in 1979, and then your head here, and then your torso, like, just kind of scattered willy-nilly, you know, in, in the roaring 20s, uh, both 19 and 20. Alright, so what do you need to fix it then? Well, there's only one thing I could think of that could possibly get this bucket of bolts back up to speed. Oh yeah? What's that? Star power. Wait, no, hold up. Star power! You mean, like, fusion? Ha! Nah, sonny. Star power! Music means we're back for season two. I'm Nolan yes. Lacey, your co-host. And I'm your other host. Good job, Lacey. Welcome back to After the Plot, everybody. Very excited. We're exploring the, the stories you didn't know you didn't know. Season two. Hey, hey, hey guys. Who? Yeah? Who what? are you talking to? Oh, don't worry about it. It's just a way to let the audience know that we're entering a familiar narrative structure and keeping the show somewhat organized in the similar way that it's been... Listen, it's no big uh, deal. All right. I, uh... Cool. I'm gonna back up out of here now. Please don't touch my stuff while you're over here. According to our new mechanic friend, the only way we were going to fix our time machine and be able to go home, let alone continue our research for the stories you didn't know you didn't know, was to harness star power. Unfortunately, in the 22nd century, star power was, er, is, I mean, will be an extremely rare commodity. Apparently, in the 21st century, People continued to become wasteful and complacent, and they decided to overutilize fictional resources as well as natural ones. The first things to run out were the fungus. Big mushrooms, and then one-up mushrooms, and then it moved on to plants, like banana peels and fire flowers. Before long, humanity moved on to the harder stuff, like gold coins, gold rings, star power, heart pieces, red pages, blue pages, rare earth claws, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, what are those? You know, like like a jade claw, ivory claw, ebony claw, kind of with the three circles, you know, for the big round doors. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing yeah, those. The, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, the puzzle things. And out in the Emerald Hill zone of whatever central city we were currently in, the one person with all that star power was Toad. <laughs> and according to the mechanic, if we hope to even lay a finger on Toad's star power, We'd need to catch him first. Yeah, that toad, he's pretty fast. Went rogue ever since humanity ran short of big mushrooms or green mushrooms or any mushrooms of any kind. Uh, he said they'll be after me soon. Sorry, what he said was, They'll be after me soon! Uh, Stall, the star power he could find, been running around town ever since, stealing everybody's speed. By now, he's so fast you can barely see him, but I, I reckon I got something back here that might just help you catch him. I've been experimenting around with a scanning laser to digitize items from other franchises. You know, like, uh, companion cubes and pots. Like, like the kind that grow back when you smash them and, uh... Wait, hold on. What do you mean? Hang on, man. Shh, I'm listening to him. Anyway. Ended up talking to this guy on the grid, and he let me have these suckers at a great deal. Try them out. 
the law offices of Better, 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 and Better. Do you like speed? Uh Uh-huh. You think it's cool to go as fast as you can? Yeah. Do you try to get everywhere in the shortest amount of time possible? Yeah. The law offices of Better, 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 and Better. Hi, this is Ben Better with the law offices of Better, 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 and Better. And while people like you and I don't like to wait around, speed isn't always the answer. Have you been injured in a speed-related accident? If so, call me today. Just listen to my friend, Roger. Yeah, so there I was, sitting in traffic, minding my own gosh darn business, when this little blue hedgehog guy comes tearing past my car talking something about chili dogs. He ran so fast, he blew my car damn near over. It's a Dodge. But, I guess in hindsight, we really wouldn't. The law offices of better, 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 and better, better, better. Roger. Didn't know better. With the expert team of experts here at the law offices of better, 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 and better, we will get you the compensation that you deserve. Don't fight the insurance company alone. Call me today. Thanks, better, 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 and better. I appreciate it. The law offices of better, 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 better. Hey everyone, welcome back to After the Plot, where we tell you the stories you didn't know you didn't know. If you are just joining us, we are looking into the issue of some rogue fungus here in the 22nd century. Uh, So tell me, Ryan, what do you think about the story so far? It's Nolan. And it's really surprising that, you know, a fungus has been able to steal everyone's speed. You know, when you really think about speed and the speed force, speed power. Guys, again, who who are you talking to here? You you keep doing that. Oh, don't worry, it's just... we came back from a commercial break, so I feel like we needed to bring the audience back into the... Just forget about it. It's fine. Commercial break? You were just sitting here humming hot cross buns for three minutes. All right. Well, that that that's fine. Anyway, once you crank up these here light cycles, you're going to be able to go much faster than in your beat-up time travel car over yonder. And your wind stream is going to stay behind you, kind of like a wall. Uh, Mike my, my could help you trap the little mushroom man. Okay, cool. Sure. Nice. All right. Nice. So, how do we stop him once we find him, though? I'm going to give you two things. First, take this. It's a pin. Ultimate nullifier. You're you're giving us the ultimate nullifier? Like, how did you get that from Galactus, man? That's so awesome. It's, 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 uh, no, it's, it's, it's a pin. Ultimate nullifier. Yeah, I mean, you you know what? You know what? They're the same price, so it doesn't matter. The other thing here is a 9mm. All right, so throttle's here, brake's here. This is your clutch and your shifter. I put some uh, some dice here. I don't know if they'll do anything. Uh, looks good. I, I think you guys are about ready. Oh, and one more thing. You can only turn at right angles. Good luck, fellas. Oh, oh, wait, what? The mechanic quickly thumbed the ignition, and we were off. The bikes accelerated hard and smooth, and soon we were racing down the harbor side, away from Searing's auto shop. Old abandoned warehouses whipped past us, and discarded tarps flapped across splintered pallets as we tore down the straightaway. The bikes were amazing. 
just a tap on the throttle, and they felt like they wanted to tear right out from underneath you. However, as we merged onto the highway, it became clear the bikes could only make 90 degree turns. With a little practice, we were able to get the light cycles back under control, and soon enough, we saw him. Here we go! The tiny human mushroom flew by on his go-kart, barely skimming across the ground. We cranked back on our throttle and took off in pursuit, but it quickly became evident that Toad not only knew we were following him, but was displeased with that. He took off into the heart of the city, quickly zigging and zagging through the grid-like system of city streets. It seemed like Toad was almost within our reach. I pulled the penultimate nullifier out of its strap on the side of the light cycle and took aim at the snarling go-kart. I pressed the button. Toad quickly jerked his cart to the left, avoiding the beam of nullifying energy. He looked over his shoulder and snarled at us. I'm the best! <laughs> Reaching beneath the wheel, he flipped the switch, letting loose a single item box. In hopeful anticipation, I swerved my cycle towards the tumbling box. Surely its contents would help me take down the speed demon. Wait! No! Unfortunately, the box was a fake, and both of our cycles collided with it in a fiery explosion, destroying them. Luckily, this was a proto-post-apocalyptic cityscape, and there was a giant pile of garbage bags for us to land in. <laughs> As we recovered from the crash, the rogue mushroom flew off into the city, taking with him the only star power. Without that star power, we would be unable to fix our time machine and continue season two of our journalistic quest. Back at the Searing Auto Shop, the mechanic helped us recover from the disastrous chase with Toad. He was disappointed that we crashed his bikes, but more happy that we weren't hurt. They were just derazed when you think about it. It had become apparent to all of us that nothing the mechanic had in his shop would help us catch Toad and get his star power. The mechanic posited that Toad must have been getting faster recently if he could now outrun even the light cycles. And he said that made sense because a lot of speedsters in town had been losing their own speed recently. Yeah, it's been a real hit to all the speedsters. Guys like Speedy Gonzalez and Dash. Well, Speedy Gonzalez actually went a little bit because of systemic racism, but you know, they had to retire once they lost their speed. Now it's hit nearly everybody. However, all was not lost. According to old Speed Force theory, if we could get enough speedsters to run with us, we could, theoretically anyway, be able to catch up to Toad at any speed. What got this idea going was my co-host and something he remembered from our episode in Oz. On the way out of the gift shop in the MGM West Casino, he purchased a pair of ruby red sneakers. You know, the same kind Dorothy used. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Only There's skate no... shoes. Actually, he recalled seeing something on the tag. Uh, I'll let As him explain. I was reading the care for instructions, like I do on all of my new clothing, thank you very much. I, uh, I remember seeing there were actually two sets of instructional care. One was for teleportation that we've used, but the other was for speedster use. 
He theorized that if we could get the shoes to a speedster like, say, one of the Flashes, the ruby-red sneakers would give him the extra speed needed to catch Toad. And it just so happened that the mechanic had recently come across a Chaos Emerald, which he figured would help another speedster run with us. So we got to work. journalistic detective work, we were able to track down the two speedsters. Sonic was at a local burger chain. <laughs> yeah, I'm just waiting here on some chili dogs. So what do you guys want? Well, we want to use your speed to help us catch Toad. You see, we need his star power. Oh, well, I don't know. I haven't been so fast lately. His stomach's dragging when he runs. <laughs> All these chili dogs, man, are slowing me down. Fuck, it's so gross. I'm gonna catch a ride out of here. Where's Tails? I need him to helicopter me around. It just feels good, man. <laughs> and The Flash actually contacted us after we put the ruby red sneakers up for auction on Amazoogle, which was apparently the only way to sell anything in the 22nd century. It took a little convincing on our parts, but eventually they both agreed to try and help us. However, after some final calculations on the parts of The Flash and the mechanic, the margin of error seemed to suggest that we still weren't going to be fast enough. But there was one thing that would certainly turn the tide in our favor. Help from the fastest speedster of them all. One still nearly unaffected by Toad's power drain on the city. The Roadrunner. According to the mechanic, the legend went that whoever could successfully pluck a feather off the Roadrunner's tail would get three speed-related wishes. Why come you think that wily e. coyote was trying to catch him back in the 20th century? Twerk for the meat, you seen a photo of that roadrunner? Ain't nothing but bones and feathers on him. Wait, are you talking about the same roadrunner? That guy's gotta be like 200 years old by now. Sonny, don't they teach you anything back in your time? Like time travel? And recreational mathematics? No? Alright, well, everyone here knows the faster you travel, the slower your frame of reference is in relation to everyone else. And these guys have been running hard since the 70s. Like the 1970s. Like back when shit was bad. Instead of worse. The mechanic was in the process of downloading an upgraded version of the light cycles that we crashed. But it would still be a few hours before he could render them. So with Sonic the Hedgehog on one side, and the Flash on the other, we took the mechanic's second fastest rides. A couple of Honda Rebels with a gold mushroom perk permanently attached to each engine. And took off in search of the master speedster of them all. The Elusive Roadrunner. Our search took us well beyond the city limits, deep into the red rock surrounding desert. After what seemed like several hours of searching, we finally saw it. A faint speck of dust on the horizon. As we poured on the speed to gain ground, I heard the sound of the lightning-fast bird tearing across the desert floor. While my co-host leaned over and encouraged the speedsters to run even faster, I cranked back on the throttle. I could tell we were nearly close enough. Almost there. Pulling up behind the roadrunner, we closed in with a drafting maneuver, and as we accelerated up to the bird, I nudged the bike to the side and crept up alongside the roadrunner. 
Just before the bird began to speed away from us, I reached over and quickly plucked a large gray feather from the tail of the bird. He turned to look at us in shock and amusement. We slowed to a halt, and both speedsters collapsed to the ground next to the roadrunner, completely drained. The bird stood tall and proud, his white eyes staring at us, and a yellow grin stretching across his entire face. He cocked his head to one side. Why hast thou gone to such great lengths to eclipse my speed and vector? Um, hey, Mr. Roadrunner. Listen, we're, we're sorry to bother you and all, but we really need your help. Verily. Thou must be in dire need, or else wherefrom would thee and thy quartet find the physical fortitude and mental clarity necessary for such great feats of velocity? We quickly explained the situation, and how the Roadrunner was our only chance to fix our time machine, continue investigating stories for season two, and eventually get back home. A podcast, you say? The stories you didn't know you didn't know. I find the mild word play faintly humorous. Yes, faintly humorous indeed. The Roadrunner went on to explain that, just as we thought, he would grant us three speed-related wishes. One of which could be to catch up with the artificially speedy toad. But remember to use the remaining two wishes carefully. For it was not Maziaka the Swift who found only too late that the shadow of an echo reverberates even into the heart and soul of those who would prop themselves up against their own transmutation. Uh, uh, sure. I guess so. Okay. Yeah. With the Roadrunner now on our team, we went to work determining the best strategy for catching Toad and helping a little normalcy return to this town of stolen speed. The next day, we set out into the vast, crumbling city to track down Toad and continue on our assignment. When we woke, the mechanic had a surprise for us. Alright, I finished rendering and printing these suckers fresh for you this morning. They turn a lot smoother than the last bikes, too. You can go 45 degree turns now. In the middle of the garage stood two gleaming, brand new light cycles. Incredible upgrades from the first. They easily could have been 30 years newer than the other bikes. Smooth neon lines curved around the sleek black bodies of the light cycles. I took out the feather as good job checked on the bikes. Holding the feather above my head, I replicated the complex dance moves which the Roadrunner instructed us to do when we wanted to summon him and utilize our wish. Meep, meep. Oh, confound it. The Roadrunner appeared in the corner of the garage, dripping with suds and wearing a shower cap. Of all the times you deemed it appropriate to summon me, Christ, I should really switch to text messaging or something. After he dried himself, the three of us set out. We soon spotted Toad careening down a main thoroughfare, which was littered with charred shells of burnt cars. With his star power, the miniature mushroom man was able to smash right through the cars, maintaining a straight line down the street without any hindrance. Yahoo! Whoa! Jeez. Wow! Did you see that? That guy is really fast. I, are you sure we're gonna, we're gonna be able to catch him? The Roadrunner turned and looked at us through narrowed eyes. Try and keep up. Meep, meep. Oh, okay, good. Oh. Here we go! Look out! 
We're almost there. There he is. Hang on. Just okay. I can see him. Quick left turn. Yeah. Wait. Just, just a little bit more. Hang on. Speed up a little bit. Yeah. All right. All right. Almost there. Okay. Just okay. I can see him. Suddenly, everything slowed down to a crawl, and we realized we must somehow be moving incredibly fast. Puffs of smoke from Toad's exhaust hung in the air like clouds as we lazily drove our bikes through them. All around us, birds hung in the air, flapping in super slow motion. However, the Roadrunner appeared to be moving at a mere stroll next to us. He turned to us. Behold, your first wish is fulfilled. Lightning spat from beneath the Roadrunner's feet as he moved to what appeared to be a sprint, even in our sped-up reference. Round and round, he circled Toad's souped-up go-kart, eventually speeding up too fast for even us to see. A moment later, the Roadrunner was back at our side, moving at a slow walk. In his wings, he held a pile of nuts and bolts. You have two wishes remaining. Use them wisely. The Roadrunner tossed the nuts and bolts into the air. The next instant, we were alone on our bikes, and everything around us was moving at normal speeds. Toad's go-kart had completely fallen apart, and the small mushroom man skidded to a halt, still in his seat, still gripping the steering wheel. Hello? Hey there, fellas. I'm... Hey, what's up, man? I'm not sure what just happened, but I turned around to fetch a positronic Phillips head, and when I looked back, there was a fully functional star power time matrix hooked up to your... I mean, I hooked up a, uh, a fully functional star power time matrix to your car, so uh, I, I reckon I'm done. I'm fastest mechanic in the world. You're, uh, you're welcome. With the renegade Toad now out of commission, the stolen speed returned back to the speedsters and our time machine fixed, we turned and headed back to the Searing's auto shop. Thank you all for joining us. This has been After the Plot, the uh, podcast where we bring you the stories you didn't know you didn't know. I have been your host, Nolan Lacey. And I've been your... All right. All right. No, what? I got to stop you here now. Who the hell are you guys? You're, you're just staring off into space, talking to my wall. I took down my posters. I took away the mannequin. There's no more broken dryers over here. You are just talking to the wall, and it's freaking me the fuck out. Don't... Don't don't worry about it, man. We just we just gotta close the show, you know. We gotta make sure the people know. Yeah, it's, you know? it's for the audience. Yeah, so they know. I mean, they could look at the file. Like the, it's almost to the end of the bar, All but right. it's just a, it's like a courtesy, All right. you know. All right. So don't worry about it. If you say so. Fucking Troy and I bed in the morning, robbing motherfuckers.
Now listen here, the most important thing to remember when piloting this here time machine is that the temporal transmission is a, is a manual 5-speed. Not an automatic 5-speed, a manual 5-speed. Not like them newer models, with a manual 6-speed and an automatic 5-speed. So you're gonna have to play with the chronographic clutch a little at first, but be careful on the throttle, because it's sensitive right, in the first right, time right, you're I think we got it, no worries. I think, I think we Wait. can handle it. Wait! Oh, hold on, what if you're not a good driver?! After the Plot is produced by Brent Lacey and Nolan Lacey. Additional talent was provided by David Hallman and Evan Funderburg. Brent Lacey edits the show. The theme music was composed by Jared Bookbinder. Sound effects are provided courtesy of freesound.org. Additional sonic music was provided by Rukasu and Qmule. The Tron Legacy soundtrack is by Daft Punk. After the Plot is a production of Final Plank Media. That was the last time anybody ever saw a good job, Lacey. Ryan, uh, some some people believe Ryan opened a uh, an In-N-Out burger on the outskirts of uh, the end of time, like in um, Umbrella Academy. I don't really. He's just gonna keep going. I haven't finished it yet, so don't no spoilers. That was just nothing. <laughs>